Welcome to 2020, the era of innovation. The Automation Alliance podcast brought to you by RapidMation. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 10th episode of the Automation Alliance podcast. Uh, we are honored and privileged to have one of my favorite people, Ida Montagna. She's actually our UiPath partner manager here in Australia. Um, and today for the 10th episode, we're going to do some things a little bit differently. And we've called this one the Upside Down podcast. So actually what's going to happen is Ida's uh, going to throw some questions my way uh, about some of the latest happenings in the market. And I'm going to answer some of her questions. So, Ida, over to you to introduce yourself. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for inviting me. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Ida Montagnier. I'm the Partner Manager for Rapid Mission here at UiPath. I've had the pleasure of working with Sean, Tammy and the team for well over a year now. And, yeah, so it's, a, it's been a fun, fun time. Lots of energy, as you can probably already tell from the team there. So, yeah, so this is going to be fun. Awesome. Thanks so much. Well, I, so, yeah, I hand over to you, right? Over to you. Ask me some questions. Okay. And be on the other side of this. So let's have some fun. Lovely. Okay. Um, some of the things, so we, we're probably going to be announcing soon. I think we've announced it yet. The fact that uh, you've become uh, our first UiPath Professional Services Network partner and that you're currently rated in the top three partners in the world. Um, how, how difficult was it for you to attain that? How much work was involved? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we are first, I guess, unbelievably humbled and thankful to join, I guess, what you could call probably an elite bunch of partners globally um, that hold that status. Um, so I guess it's one that's a very proud moment for us, one that probably reflects the, the quality of our team, which I'm very blessed to have. Uh, but really it's about the outcome-focused delivery we focus on. Um, so getting to that point uh, was no mean feat, right? It requires many UiPath diplomas, certifications, exemplar, I guess, technical skills in the UiPath platform, multiple successful UiPath project deliveries, and then rigorous testing and validation of all of that by uh, the UiPath team. So I guess, number one, I say woohoo, we are there. Um, as you mentioned, we're the first partner in Australia and New Zealand to have that accreditation. So we're extremely thankful for that and humbled by that. Um, yeah, and as you mentioned, it came out in the rankings that at this stage, we're one of the top three rated partners globally. So that's absolutely awesome, right? Um, but one of the things I love the most about that is um, our CSAT or customer satisfaction score, that was 100%. Um, and that makes me unbelievably proud because what that actually means is that all of the customers that were interviewed during that process rated us 100% on everything that they got questioned about. Um, anyway, we had some really great comments coming back from customers and uh, it was just really nice to get that validation. And well, how did you how did you do that? Like, um, you know, getting a, a high CSAT score is always is everybody's dream. Getting a hundred percent is very difficult to attain. Like, what's what's your secret? <laughs> yeah, I guess it. What comes do you think to, you do that different? Yeah, it comes down to some of the uh, I guess core values that we have at RapidMation, right? I know a couple of them that probably spring to mind is one about being customer centric. 
Uh, and lots of people speak about being customer centric, but we bake that into our ethos. Um, it's about offering great customer service, a great experience, everything from a great experience from the awareness stage when we might be educating people uh, through the purchasing process. And then finally on to the delivery phase, which is very important, right? So that customer centricity is really good. And it's really about having empathy and understanding what those customers uh, problems are and how we can actually solve them. So there's certainly, I guess, that customer centric nature that we focus on. Um, the other one that I think my team is very uh, tired of me drilling on about is something called being outcome focused. And I guess the one way we think about things is whenever you go and buy a product or service, um, you really have an outcome you want to achieve, right? So if you think about any of us, when we spend money on something, it's really about being able to address an outcome. And a simple example I always use with the team is, um, if I go to a hardware store and I go to Bunnings tomorrow and I go buy a drill, um, a product can give me the outcome and that drill could give me the outcome that would allow me to drill a hole in the wall. But the outcome that I'm really looking for is to make my wife happy by hanging that picture beautifully on the wall. So it's not really about what the product can do, it's really about focusing on the outcome. Um, and focusing on that outcome is very, very important, right? Um, and I guess I often say to the team, people don't wake up in the morning and they don't wake up because they want to go own a software package or they don't start a new IT project because they want to own some new code um, or they don't contract people like us as consultants to come in to own a report. Really what they want to do is they pay the money to get to an outcome. And what that outcome often is, is what is going to make them successful and what successful looks like for them. So yeah, I guess that's, that's our two secrets. Uh, one being customer focused and outcome focused. That, that's, that's excellent. Um, focusing, staying on the topic of your customers, what are you seeing their ambitions are or, or how do you see the, the behaviour happening now during this time, this COVID time obviously, um, are you seeing the interest in, in automation, you know, picking up, flatlining, like you are part, we think it, it, it's, it's a great, driving great requirement for everybody, but is that what you're seeing? Yeah, so we're definitely seeing that, right? So I think now more than ever, um, we need to support our people, right? So we need to support our people to do yeah. more with less. Um, and in our world, I often uh, refer to it as automation is all about people, right? Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to create these automations to make people's lives better, to take care of that tedious, mundane, repetitive work that we all have. Um, so I guess during the COVID times, I've seen a lot of customers double down on automation, right? And what that means is they had a lot of projects in the hopper and things that were going on already. Um, but many of them have seen this crazy time and the COVID crazy as an ideal time to use automation to help their people, right? Uh, and that's really what I refer to as people doubling down on things. Um, so yeah, that's certainly what I've seen from, from our side. Um, and we've got involved in some projects that I never thought we'd do, but stuff that's actually making our customers wildly successful. And at the main kind of core of that, helping their people do more with less. Yeah, it's certainly um, interesting times. Um we're also seeing that Microsoft are in talks to buy Softimotive, a UK RPA um, company. What are your thoughts around that? 
Yeah, so it's interesting. I think um, well, I think Guy Kirkwood famously said this year was going to see a lot of consolidation in the market. And what he meant by that, I believe, is that people were going to buy companies. There was going to be BPM and RPA vendors combining and people like Microsoft going all in into the space. Um, so I love it. I, I honestly think um, having a lot of competition in the space is always good. It makes people excel uh, and that's good for customers at the end of the day. Um, I think Microsoft getting into the RPA space puts even more validation on the space that we're in at the moment. Um, and it says that they have obviously realized that many customers are getting immense value by using things like robotic process automation um, to, I guess, to, to help them on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and going back to, I guess, when we set, set up RapidMation, right, I had come from a business process management or digital process automation world. Um, and when I looked at that space, I saw robotic process automation coming and I looked at it and I thought it was a match made in heaven, right? Because in my mind, any process involves us as humans and uh, handing off some of those boring, boring, tedious, mundane tasks to software bots. So for me, it's about humans and software bots coming together. Um, if you look at Microsoft specifically in the last six months or so, they've brought in uh, things like Power Virtual Assistants, which is their chatbot play, which we've always baked into some of our offerings. Uh, they've now added some human workflow and some robotic process automation. And so, yeah, I love it. I think it's great for the space. It validates certainly what we're doing. Um, and yet we're seeing the effects of that every day when we're working with customers, helping them to automate process. Hmm. Yeah, it's inter interesting times. And I guess, you are, well, as you know, you are path vision as being a robot for every person. Um, do, you, do you see the adoption of that? Is that just a UI pathing? Do you really see that that is, is possible? Yeah, so I do actually. I, uh, mm. I have a LinkedIn article that I've drafted that I'm calling Automation for the People, right? Um, and as I mentioned, mm. I think automation for me is all about people. And now more than ever, we need to help those people do more with less. Um, and often a, a phrase that's thrown around is something called the automation first era. And what that really means is before thinking about how we can throw, I guess, more people at the problem, how can we get smarter? How can we help our existing people out do more? Um, and that concept of a robot for every person is actually the realization of that dream, right? So it's not about these little robots replacing us as humans. It's really about them working alongside us. And I often tell customers to think of these robots as their very own personal digital assistant, right? And this digital assistant mm. can automate any tedious, mundane, or repetitive tasks. Um, sometimes those things are very routine. Um, so I don't know, as an example, maybe copying data between two different systems, or sometimes they're revolutionary, right? So it could be using artificial intelligence to extract, I guess, audio out of uh, call recordings and then doing something with it. But they definitely range in nature. Um, but really those robots mm. are there to help free us up so we can perform high value tasks. And in so doing that allows us time to think, to step back, to be creative, to pursue new ideas, to see where we can use our intuition as humans um, to, I guess, do more. Um, and yeah, I think that, that a robot for every person, while traditionally we've often done uh, robots in the unattended space, which means these robots just work in the background, uh, we are definitely seeing a big shift of our customers more towards a robot for every person. And that is that concept of a digital twin or a digital assistant uh, in being able to help our people do more. Yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. I, I built my own robot to pick up some of my boring SFDC reporting and all the exporting. So 
it, it works for me and, and I've built that myself. So I was quite proud of myself for that. But, um, but yeah, and so I, I'm glad to see that you're seeing that out in the market and um, we look forward to continually supporting you with that. I think back back to Rapidmation, um, you recently promoted Tammy um, to an executive role. So I was I was really, really happy for that because it's very well deserved. Um, Tammy does more than we know, but also seeing a woman in a leadership role in what well, is, is still, unfortunately, a male-dominated industry. Um, did you have any thoughts around that? And did you want to extol more of Tammy's virtues <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to replicate Tammy a million times. And, uh, we all know she's awesome. But, and, yeah, very well deserved and, and very proud moment. And uh, yeah, so that's really good. Um, I think, yeah, as you say, right, unfortunately in tech, traditionally, there haven't been as many women in tech, but I've certainly started to see that change. Uh, I'm a big supporter of that. And I think that's driven somewhat by the automation industry, right? And how it's moved on from more kind of, I guess, the IT tech heavy space, uh, moving into more business friendly platforms. And specifically with things like robotic process automation being more accessible to everyone in the business, right? And that example you just gave us where you built your own robot, I mean, how great is that, right? Um, and we've seen this emergence of what we call citizen developers. Um, and these citizen developers are really, uh, I guess, um, business users that are advanced business users. users. Um, and there's many leaders in their relevant business functions that are starting to drive this automation change, right? And just off the top of my head, I mean, we're working with uh, Katrine, one of the COOs at a, at a big insurance company. Um, we very in recently interviewed Terry Modishead, who's driving legal innovation here in Australia, and she's got a critical role in developing the law of the future. Um, we're working with Clarissa at Growth Bolt, which is a big uh, kind of construction company. And obviously then on to people like yourself, Ida and Anne Andrea and Chantel and many other people at UiPath, I just really think it's great. Um, and even if you look around outside of the tech space, right, um, in this COVID craziness, you can look around at some of the great examples um, of women out there who are excellent leaders out there. And the pandemic's proven one thing, people like Jacinda Ardern or Angela Markle or, or different people like that, they've responded so well and managed this crisis so well. So, yeah, I mean, very refreshing. It's awesome to see it. I'm a big supporter of it. And uh, it's, it's really great to see that change uh, quite a lot. And I look forward to seeing that change significantly as we move into the future. Yeah, and, and further to your point about the citizen developer, um, we, we had Derek Smith, our own salesperson up in, in Brisbane. He, he developed a bot that helped fill in the JobKeeper form online. He used that as an example. So he was getting all the, the data from an Excel spreadsheet and filling in the form online. So it wasn't, you know, copying and having to retype everything. And, and, and I thought, and that's, that's Derek, you know, he's, he's not a developer, he's developing it himself and and it made me also think and what you've just said made me think of a conversation I had with a family member who she's 22 and you know she works in a bank and she works in client services and she's continually looking for ways in which to develop you know in her in her role and, and develop her career and she said you know she she deals with people who have been at the bank for 20 years and they know every process back to front and that's the value to the organisation. And so she and she looked at that and thought, but that isn't transferable. That isn't marketable. That was of no interest to her. 
So we have this sort of, I think, generation coming through, looking at it, thinking, um, I'll have the digital twin can do that boring processing stuff because my value add is in the creativity and the other things that I can bring to it, not understanding the process end to end. Because once you leave that bank and you go to another bank, that, that, that knowledge is not useful, is not valuable anymore. And I thought, gee, I wish I had that maturity at 20. I doubt I had it at 40. But I, I just think that's, that's, they're our customers, you know. That's, that's who we're having to, to look after. I don't know if you've come across that. But, yeah, I just think that adds even more importance to what, what you're doing, you know. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, right? And, and again, I, I think with uh, the millennials as they turn them coming into the workplace and being around in the workplace for a while, um, it's well documented and well written how um, they want to work for, for, for meaning, right? So they don't want to do the boring, mm-hmm. tedious and mundane. They want to get involved in something that makes a difference. And exactly as you explained right there, right? That's a perfect example of it. Why should I sit here and copy data from one spreadsheet to another where I could actually be helping, getting involved, finding out what the real problems are and using my intuition to find a great solution to it. Hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's great. Thank you very much, Sean. It's been great. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Ida. Thanks for your time. We know you're busy and we look forward to speaking to you soon. Be part of the community and join the Automation Alliance at www.automationalliance.com.